plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. The Golden State Warriors select James Weissman from the University of Memphis. Welcome to the NBA Draft Edition Late Night Emergency Podcast. Uh, we were given the green light by Bob Myers a few <laughs> minutes ago. So we're, or was the green light for us? The green light was for us, right? There's a red light. He's turning a red light on us. Turn it off, guys. Don't need any of this. Shut up. This definitely turned out to be the uh, a pretty dramatic Ooh. draft night. What, 2007 might have been the, the craziest draft night since the, when uh, when they traded Jason Richardson. Oh, no, almost got Kevin Garnett. But yeah, that remember night, that night? Was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. wild. I was thinking like post-draft podcast, but also kind of post-mortem on their season before it's even started. I mean, it might be post-mortem <laughs> oh, on, the, on the whole damn wow. thing if it, if it goes. Whoa. Slater's killing the season. Ethan's killing the Warriors. I mean, if it's the season, it's the thing. I mean, that's the thing of it. If it's the season, it's the Warriors. It's this core of the Warriors, most likely. Well, let's say what it is. Clay Thompson, the news came out this afternoon, you know, not long before the start of the draft, that Clay Thompson was being, you know, uh, you know, being looked at for an injury to his lower right leg. It certainly sounds like an Achilles injury. MRI is happening tomorrow morning. Uh, it doesn't sound good. Ethan, you ready to call it all off? Is this is it all over, or are you going to wait for the MRI results? I'll wait for the MRI, uh, obviously. But if it is what people fear, I mean, you don't want to overreact necessarily, but the domino effect is there, and they are so locked in. Clay's contract becomes the worst contract in basketball. I know John Hollinger might have said that it was before all this, but at that point it would be. And they already have Andrew Wiggins, and they already have Draymond Green. I mean, there just aren't many outs and maybe you just have another year like last year you find a way to come back i don't know but it would definitely be crisis for this particular core and what they could accomplish well the concern to me is like what will clay even be when he comes back i mean we're about to talk about a it won't be the same let's say if it is the season that would mean he would not play an nba basketball game for like 28 months over two years in the middle of his prime what does he look like off, you know, two massive injuries and that kind of a break as he's entering into his early 30s, as they have to make monster decisions about huge contract numbers? It's a concern. No question. And it's 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 a perimeter player whose legs are a huge part of his game. No question. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. But it takes a top off of what they can do this season. I don't think there's any question. Uh, you know, if Clay Thompson, even if Clay Thompson had come back and wasn't that great, it was going to take a top off of what they could do this season. If he's not playing at all, and then it's like a scramble on who's their shooting guard. Clearly, they're. I mean, they're not going to tank a season, but it's a scramble. It's a, Austin yeah, it's a scramble. Austin Rivers becomes like a best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, a- Avery Bradley. Team. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be that level of player. Jordan Poole is on the roster. Like, Jordan Poole, Michael Mulder, not the yeah. incumbents again. The incumbents. What do you guys think of this? I, I won't say who it is, but Slater and I are friends with somebody who's a very astute basketball observer who is contending to us that. When this happens with Clay, you got to draft Lamella Ball if you're the Warriors. 
that the injury should influence your draft pick, that you can't take Wiseman because of this, because now you you have a void there and you have to take this big swing at the high-risk, high-reward pick LaMelo Ball. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I, I go the opposite way. Yeah, I go the opposite way. If you think LaMelo Ball is really good and you almost would have taken him over Wiseman, I, I could see that. But if you didn't love him, and I don't think they loved him, I wouldn't go to him then. I wouldn't say, you know, we don't really like you, but now we're really desperate at this position at number two, so we're going to take you. That's where I think you got to stick with what, you, what your, your valuation is. And I don't think they were forcing it with Wiseman. I think they just liked him and happened to be at the right position. And if you're not forcing it, you lose Clay, you still got to go with your best player. I, I really believe that. It's, it's just they need good players. They don't need it in this spot or that spot or that spot. They just need really good players. And I think they thought Wiseman's going to be the best one, and you stick with it. Yeah, I agree with that. As the preeminent driver of the Wiseman bandwagon, I don't agree that he has a low ceiling. You know, I think he ha- I think he has superstar potential and yes, it's not superstar offense initiating potential, but if they got the best player in the draft and we'll see, I think they made the right choice. And uh, you know, Bob did kind of indicate a little bit that there was a mo- so I mean, I thought he set the scene kind of interesting how Clay on the way home from the gym despondent calls him. And then he gives the phone to the trainers, goes back to the draft war room, and he said for a moment they thought, like, does this affect our decision tonight? And then they went, no, 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 we're just going to get Wiseman anyways. So maybe they had that thought. But look, three, four years from now, if James Wiseman's the best player in this draft, they made the right decision. If LaMelo Ball is, we can say he made the wrong one. You got to weigh if LaMelo is going to be good now. Because the the real problem is if you don't take Wiseman and you thought that was going to be your center, so you don't take Wiseman, you don't have a center. And if LaMelo don't work, now you also don't have a two-guard and a center. So you go from trying to scramble to find field two positions when it could just be one. Right? They were going to draft Wiseman. They feel like Wiseman's their center. They're done with center. Like, I start center, by the way. You know, Now you can say, okay, what are we going to focus on? We're going to focus on our two-guard. We got to find a place for Clay. If you don't draft Wiseman and you get LaMelo – can you say we got a replacement for Clay, or you just don't know? So now you got to find a center, and you might have to also find a two guard. And I just feel like they knew they liked Wiseman. Now it's time to batten down the hatches, right? It's time to sure up, like get the position you know secure, like handle that, and then you go on the market to figure out the Clay replacement. Our friend also just has a more positive, I think, assessment of Lamelo than at least I do. I don't know where Slater is on that. So come, so a lot of it just comes down to that. I am not. You know, I see the talent, I see the A-plus passing, A-plus handle, but there are a lot of other issues right there. So, yeah, Tim? I do think defense was a baseline on this. I mean, they were bad defensively last season. I mean, they were bad in almost every regard, but they were really bad on defense. They just could not stop a good offense. And I don't think they were going to go for somebody at, at two who didn't, you know, you you can't say projects to be a really good NBA defender, and Lamella Ball does not. I mean, you just if you play terrible defense in Australia, you're probably going to play terrible defense for the rest of your career. And why is and replacing project- Clay with bad defense? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that's it. And, and I think why I think they just were set on a certain look, a feel uh, was going to be the most viable thing for them now and into the future. Could be wrong on Wiseman. You know, who knows? But the more I thought about it, even after the Clay thing, I thought, you, you got to stick with the player you think is the best player. In fact, you might even go more with that now. You might, If you were thinking about it, I, I think the only 
marginal option for them wouldn't have been to take Lamelo. It would have been to trade down and get extra picks. So I think that would have been or a, trade a out. Trade out. Get a get a young veteran. Get another pick. You go multiples instead of the one guy. But that's if you don't love Wiseman. I don't know if they loved Wiseman, but I think they clearly thought he was the best player. Myers said as much at the press conference. And then you stick with that. You go, they need good players. They need difference-making players. They can get Avery Bradley or, you know, J.J. Redick or whatever. You can get those guys. You can also get replacement centers, as they have, but you can't get the special ones except for when you're at the top of the draft. Or you get really lucky in free agency, and they believe that at Wiseman, and I'm going to go with them on that. I, I think it's, it's you don't you don't get shaken by that. I thought the market smart talk was going to kick up after that. That's what I thought. Like you trade out, you go get somebody you know can play right now. I don't I don't know how you can be in a situation and get a guy you might think is less likely to play now. I actually viewed it a little bit the other way, where when the clay stuff goes down, if they really believe he's gone for the season, the championship has disappeared so i thought now you just use the top pick because now you should be thinking even more next, about three years era. from now yeah, next era next yeah. era yeah because i'm like yeah you go get marcus smart to be the four seed without clay thompson maybe and then okay th- and you use a second pick to get that I, I, I mean i feel that but can they do this again i mean they, they got a product to sell there is something to be said maybe for not tanking but I don't know. Maybe if you're in the the bottom thirteen, it's not the worst thing in the world in the next next season's draft. Let's do an exercise <laughs> right now. Then let's give them a decent few days ahead of us. So let's say it's Austin Rivers, and we'll even give them Kelly Oubre in the trade exception. So then their lineup would be like Steph, Rivers, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman. You come off the bench with like some form of Pascal, Chris. Uh, Ubre is your sixth man. It's not that appealing, man. You know, you assume a really good Steph season. That could be a five seed and somewhat dangerous. That's not a lottery pick, though. That's not like the last 30 games don't matter at all. That's not like, yo, let's get a new TV deal on like Jordan Poole. Chase Center, by the way, you know, that's, uh, that w- where they put so much money and have charged so much money. I'm going to be a hard line on this. You don't give up another season of Steph Curry's prime. You do not you do that. You do cannot you can't, do you that. You can't spend $30 million to give people like uh, coronavirus tests on the, on the spot so they can come in and watch well, that guy yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, I don't just, know if this is going to happen, but you're, if you're planning to do that, that means you're planning to have something that makes people say, yeah, I'll take your live test on site and come to the game. Like, you, know I mean? you, can't, you can't do that if you got a team that's like, eh. They're going to have those hamburgers, MT, so that'll, get, that'll bring everybody. Got what was it called hamburgers. again? What was God, it called? I, can't even, I can't even remember now. Hot dogs, Eat bills. What was it? Hot, the do- hot, hot dog, dog burger? Yeah, I can't remember either. It's a <laughs> lifetime ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. The whole Chase Center experience and how it ended, how bizarre it was, how it was grand opening oh they stink oh you know nothing matters the season's terrible we oh we really pandemic. did a podcast on food I mean, we did do the, right the at the end right did. at the very yeah right at the very yeah. end yeah we just <laughs> coronavirus just and i think marcus through the was population. sick right? marcus was sick that right you didn't you didn't show up for that right I you didn't were show sick. Up, yeah oh, oh my that's, God. That's, that's what i said yeah you know what's wild is the timing of all of these devastating injuries where if you think back, let's go. We could start even with DeMarcus Cousins. Like, wasn't his first playoff game like ever and he blows the quad out. The drama of the Durant return and then Achilles tear was, it's still like brain throttling to think about that whole night in Toronto. And then Clay's two injuries, we're talking 
best game of his life, game six, that final game in Oracle and, and that night. And then the timing of this one is so strange. The morning of the draft after eight empty months where it could have been any day, essentially. I mean, obviously. Or it could have been after the draft, by the way. I mean, it could have been. I, I mean, I hate to say good timing because it's terrible. But what if this had happened after the draft and, and free agency and all this, and they have no way to make up for it? That would have been interesting. Again, just random that it happens on the day of the draft, two days ahead of what they have to, you know, make a decision on the trade on the trade exceptions. Speaking of which, it was Marcus's question. Good question to Myers tonight. You know, what are you thinking with the traded players exception? And I, I was surprised. Were you surprised that Myers just went out and said, "I got the green light. We got the green light. We can use it." They've been kind of cagey about this. They've been kind of hinting and suggesting, and I don't know. And if it's special, if it's worth it, I don't know. And Bob just went green light. Do you think that was affected by the clay thing? Or do you think that they're just were charging into saying we're going to use a lot or maybe all of the 17.2 million? It sounded like he was going to use it, but he did say like, hey, who knows? Maybe maybe the news from clay makes us more aggressive. I think it's just a matter of how hard they go. I would love if Bob lied right there just to put the pressure on Lacob. I, I would love it. I would love if so. Like, you know what? If it's like, not, we got to see how now. much those tests cost first. We got to get the bill from the tests. <laughs> <laughs> if there's somebody left over, we can do it. <laughs> I mean, he does have enough cachet where he could he could leverage Lakeup like that. Where well, now oh, he gotta... already did though. He he said it. he said we're using it right. So if they don't use it, then it's like what happened? What happened there, Joe? What happened? I think part of it was his mood, right? You know, he's a little bit in a raw situation where he's a little bit more honest maybe than he usually would be and then i would say the other factor might have been they're not trying to shield much pre-draft you know the pre-draft process was about you know fake and a shield and all this you know you don't want to know what opportunities they're past that they have wiseman uh i know that that's still somewhat you want to do that heading into free agency but uh, you know what else could mean they might have something already cooking Slater's brainwashed us all. I feel pretty good about the Wiseman pick. You know, I didn't love that game against Oregon, but I feel good about it. And I can't tell if it's because it's a legitimately good pick or I've been brainwashed by Slater or those Instagram videos. I I am impressed that he added, God knows, I don't know how much muscle he added, but the dude is coming into the league as like a physically imposing force. I mean, it's, it's impressive. His social media press has won me over. <laughs> you know what, what? You know what won me over? Just looking at him and seeing he's as athletic. He's bigger than Javale McGee, and playing with Steph Curry made Javale McGee into a decent NBA player. If that could happen, James Wiseman could be a very good NBA player. Just, just, just by what he is, even if he isn't as you know as committed, as focused, as sharp as Draymond is, and he probably won't be, and, and few are. But if he's just a good guy at 7-1 with that athletic ability when you play with Steph there's so much like how many times do we see Damian Jones have the opportunity and fumble it away how many times have we seen Looney you know bobble the ball and it's not you know the layup isn't made every single one yeah yeah, or Saza (laughs) every single one of those Wiseman's gonna crush every single one of them and if, if Steph can make JaVale McGee into a solid 22 minutes a game player, a plus, usually a plus player. In, in the playoffs, games, by the way. In the way, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, James Wiseman is going to be solid to good. That's what I that's, that's what convinced me. JaVale McGee is the one who convinced me. But Slater, uh, I think you wrote it or you said it, but that the Warriors like warmed up to him. Bob Meyer said he was number one on their board, but th- that didn't seem like that maybe like six months ago the they Slater weren't as bump. convinced. <laughs> They took a closer look at him, and then you know what I think sealed the deal? 
they like him personally. They think he has a good personality. They like the stuff he said to them at dinner. I saw it tonight on his post-draft press conference, unprompted. He was like, they got some really good guys there. Kavon Looney, Marquise Chris. I'm excited to learn under them too. And it's like, you know, for a rookie to acknowledge like lower level players that he knows are probably sitting there tonight like, man, they got wise. Did he shout out Jordan Poole though? <laughs> but you know what I mean? He's like positional <laughs> competitor. Alan Smilekeach. I'm really looking forward to playing with him. You know, I think that there's subtext here where whatever happened in Memphis was weird and you don't know who to fault, but people do that calculation of, I don't know who to blame. I don't know what happened here, but people who have run-ins and situations and getting banned often don't have their stuff together, but then you see him and then they talk to him and he seems like he's completely together and it doesn't have any bearing on how he is and how he goes about things. So I can understand why they saw that. Ordinarily, I'm like, that type of stuff reminds me of the whole Epe Udo, he wore a suit, right? Like, it's like, you want, you want a draft guy when you play it? But I do think in this situation, in this draft, like, I do think attitude matters. If you draft Anthony Edwards or you're looking to draft LaMelo, like, yeah, you got to know that they're going to be able to come in and handle this. Like, because they're, they're, they're going to be on a bench for a while. They're going to be playing a role. Wiseman, you do get the sense that he'll be able to handle no matter however it works out. I know. I think another a little, a little thing that maybe the Warriors kind of like too is that Wiseman didn't want to play for Minnesota. I think, kinda, <laughs> I think they like that stuff. I think they're like, yeah, you don't want to play there. You want to play here. Oh, he's smart, huh? They like he's smart, <laughs> huh? You know, he, <laughs> poor Ricky Rubio didn't want to play there, and he's back again. Twice, um, yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a bit of a digression, and use it against me if he turns into an All Star. But I would not be happy as a Wolves fan uh, picking Anthony Edwards number one. And maybe he hits every ceiling, and we play this back, and it I look like a fool. It feels like such a Wolves draft, though, right? It does. It feels yeah. so Wolvesy, And it's just, this guy didn't really do it statistically. Every interview, he he seems like he's got very questionable judgment. By the way, hear Myers talk about Wiseman, because basketball, he's committed to basketball. I think that's what he wants to do. Interesting that he would say something <laughs> like that. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. God, Anthony Edwards tried to tank his draft stock. He really tried. <laughs> and still got drafted number one. Still got drafted number one. I got a question for you guys. Do you think they should just day one of camp, day one of the season, James Wiseman, you're starting at center? Just yeah. through the growing yeah. pains, whatever. Uh, well, I think start. they want to see him one one practice, two practices. Yeah, like 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 Make if him beat so out Marquise obvi- Chris. If yeah. it's so obvious that he's way better than Marquise Chris, fine. But you know, if he's struggling, you don't want to just un- anoint him right away. You know, hey, Harrison Barnes got, got got anointed. Well, you know, Harrison Barnes was playing great in those pickup games before his his rookie season. Remember, like the, the report was that he was killing Iguodala, and Andre wasn't too happy about that. If he fits on the floor with those guys, they'll know, Steph will know, Draymond will know, and then it's just going to be obvious. But you don't have to say it right away. I, I don't think you do. As we work through these like potentially post-Clay situations, the problem is I see Wiseman and Curry as a really good pick-and-roll combo, but like part of that was like Clay spacing the floor around it. Suddenly those lineups that now we were talking Wiseman, who you know I think the shot can maybe get there, but at this point you're not going to be comfortable you with still shooting. that space you have Draymond. Uh, get Jessup out of Australia now. <laughs> Nico Mann. Colonel Jessup out. Nico, Nico, Nico <laughs> Mann. They need a few good men on the perimeter. I mean, that's where Damian Lee and you know, obviously Michael Mulder. Michael Mulder. Michael Mulder. Michael Mulder. There you go. 
<laughs> Y'all love Michael Mulder, man. Michael Mulder. <laughs> Michael Mulder is just like super hype. You know what? Uh, we talked about how Clay, you just don't know how he's going to be when he comes back, right? Don't they kind of just have to start preparing for a new iteration? Like, no matter no matter what happens, don't, don't you just kind of... If nothing else, this is a sign that this thing... Maybe you don't just run it back that easy, you know? Like, maybe it's not... I just wonder how this changes the psyche of the Warriors, right? And maybe maybe before where they were like, nah, we got these three all-stars. Maybe they're like, maybe let's get a little bit more risky because everybody just assumes they'll be right back, but there's no guarantee with this stuff. This has to really shake the confidence going into the year for, for guys like Draymond who are, you know, he's high on confidence, but partly why he was feeling so good was like everyone's coming back. Clay's not coming back. Draymond, as much as anybody, understands the need for Clay Thompson on the court for them to be at that level. And I just wonder, you know, I thought they were going to just come out, you know, maybe rusty, but really strong. Hey, they say Wiggins is, is it, right? It's there Wiggins time. Wiggins. Step it up, Wiggins. He better be better We barely even mention him. <laughs> let's, let's, Making $33 million a year. Let's end with Wiggins then. Can Wiggins. can Wiggins make up for Clay? What do Wiggins you say? Era, the Wiggins era begins. No, he cannot make up for Clay. He cannot. They shouldn't even think about that. He should just be the third guy who can maybe five possessions a game be the guy. But if you keep going to him in the fourth quarter, it ain't going to happen. This might not be the best way to end the podcast, but I mean... Wiggins' contract might be better than Clay's right now. I didn't disagree with Hollinger when he wrote it. I, I mean, people were getting so mad about it. You look at it, he's coming off an ACL. He's 30 years old, and he's a two-guard. The, 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 the possibility of him being worth this contract when, in three years, four years, is not high. I didn't disagree with that. But let, let's wrap it up. We're, we're, it doesn't matter anyway because Clay's got a high ankle sprain and a bruised heel, and everything will be fine. Yeah, he's kind of messed up podcast. of Hollinger to go down there to L.A. and hit him with a crowbar just to be uh, right hey, about hey, that. Hey, but, hey, oh, hey, wow. Colleague, colleague. I'm being facetious. I'm being silly. Oh, All right, we're out of here. This is, this is our cue. We're sleepy. It's late. Let's go. <laughs> See ya.